Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast, hosted by Shalinda Kirby, a cervical cancer survivor, and Natalie Supes, a Crohn's warrior since 2007. Our goal is to give you proof that it's not only possible to be sick and successful, but it's possible for you. Dream big and tune in. You can also follow us on Instagram at sickandsuccessful underscore. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, everyone. We're so thankful to have you here listening today. Yeah, it's good to uh, to be back on the podcast. I look forward to recording every single week now, Natalie, because this is a chance that you and I get to catch up because for the last, I think, what, two months, we've been recording these episodes uh, remotely, like you're at home and I'm in a studio. Yeah, it's so fun. It's like our hangout time. It's being forced on us, but in the best way. <laughs> yeah, with physical distancing, obviously. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because here in Manitoba, uh, where we are located in Winnipeg, uh, it was announced that our province is going to reopen basically in phases. And, and so we're kind of in phase one right now where they're rolling out a number of different things. But a week ago, I found this news article very, very interesting because it hit a nerve with me being that that I have like a personal experience with this. The news article is basically about how COVID-19 affects women's health care and health care in general because uh, there's a number of pap smears that aren't getting done which means that, you know, those screens for cervical cancer, tests for STIs, uh, monitoring pregnancy, those are kind of all being backlogged right now because they were all put on hold due to the fact that a lot of people were dealing with COVID. Yeah, and I have a personal experience with this too. Obviously, being pregnant, um, one of my appointments with the OB was on the phone. Another one was in person, but it wasn't my OB because they only have two at a time in the office versus like the seven that they normally have. Mm. So I just saw a random lady who didn't know anything about my previous, you know, Crohn's history or anything like that. And um, they've cut back on the amount of visits. So at this point in my pregnancy, I should have been going every two weeks, I think. And they're moving it to a month. They've changed the way they're doing the blood sugar test. So um, at I think 28 weeks or yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 28 weeks. They check for gestational diabetes. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Just diabetes that you get because of being pregnant. And so normally they make you drink this disgusting drink that's 50 grams of sugar or something like that. And they test your blood after an hour and they've switched it to just a randomized blood test, which is not as accurate. And so just a lot of things changing, obviously here in Canada, and it's not just OBs and, and, um, paps and things like that. Like my mom's knee surgery, who God knows when that's going to happen. I have a client who has um, another surgery that was supposed to be happening soon and that's been moved. So it's, I think it's like affecting everyone, not just us. And obviously our scope of how we see it in Canada is a little different than in the States, but I think one way or another COVID's affecting healthcare in, in crazy ways. Yeah. And it's kind of terrifying to think about because if these visits are deferred for too long due to COVID-19, I mean, that could lead to long-term consequences for a lot of people. And just as an example, uh, I'll I'll share a bit of my story. And, you know, yeah, obviously, I was going to say, tell us your story. <laughs> yeah, obviously, if you've listened to uh, the Sick and Successful podcast through the last 20 episodes, which, by the way, we're on episode Woo-hoo! 20 right now. This is 21. 21, yeah. Okay, right. 
But uh, yeah, I I kind of have a personal story when it comes to the fact that I had cervical cancer. And the reason I found out was because of a random pap smear. And if I would have never gotten that test done, um, who knows what would have happened? Basically, uh, when I got the pap smear that kind of set off red flags for me in terms of my diagnosis of cervical cancer was because I had gone in to get birth control. I had just been divorced, and I obviously wanted to make sure going forward that I was being careful. So when I went to go get that appointment done, it had only been two years since my last pap smear. And nowadays, they say, what, three years, every three years Mm -hmm. to get a pap smear? And I initially wasn't going to get one. Um, because I figured, well, you know, the last one I had done two years ago uh, was fine. But because it was a new healthcare provider and I was living in a new province, they figured, you know, let's just be careful and do a pap smear. Um, and so, you know, you're caught up with us and in our system. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. If I would have never done that, a month later I got a phone call and that's when I found out that uh, I had to go in for more testing to confirm the fact that I had cervical cancer very early stages and thankfully because because I got that, just imagine if I would have made it another year before I got that pap smear and how those cancer cells would have grown in that time. Totally. Like it, it, to totally. this day that just it sits with me and it just resonates because it, it's scary to think that if I would have never got that test done, you know, how different things could have been. And so I feel for all these people in the situation that we're in right now with COVID-19 uh, being denied these in-person tests because a lot of healthcare providers have gone with uh, online visits and things like that and deferred mm-hmm. a lot of diagnosti- uh, diagnostic testing, it just makes it a little concerning, I guess. Yeah. So what happened to you with COVID-19? So then a part of my uh, diagnosis with cervical cancer, once I was deemed in remission, I go for regular pap smears every six months. And um, my six-month pap smear was scheduled for, I think it was like probably three and a half weeks ago. And they had called me saying like, hey, just uh, letting you know that we're not taking any um, appointments for testing right now unless there's any concern, uh, like, you know, any symptoms of anything, any mm-hmm. unusual signs of whatever, they they would have gone forward with that appointment. But I didn't have any. And I was just a regular checkup pap smear at six months, like I'm supposed to get done as somebody who's in remission. And so after I hung up the phone, obviously I took that call very like I understood where they were coming from because they're trying to protect themselves, their staff. Everybody was very uncertain at that point in time. Um, so I understood why they were canceling these appointments. But I guess I just didn't really think about how scary that would like that is for me because I still sit here and wonder like, OK, like I just I guess I have a, a little bit of PTSD in terms of um my experience with getting cancer because For sure. I just I worry that if I don't get these tests done on time, what that means for my health. And if I don't catch it in time, if it could be different next yeah. next time around, you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is a point that I want kind of our listeners to hear and to hear from us before maybe they get that phone call that an appointment's been changed or a test's been changed is like, think about it um, now 
before you get the call, because even if after COVID-19 is done, you are in control of your medical health. So I was told that I won't be getting the blood test um, where you drink and they wait for an hour to see how your blood spikes, that I'm just going to get a randomized glucose test. That didn't sit well for me because I have diabetes. Um, It's further down in my family line, but it's in my family line. And because I've had such a long history, 12, 13 years of um, being in the medical system, as soon as they told me that I was actually in the doctor's office. So it's not like I had much time to think, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel comfortable. I knew that, um, that like I wanted the proper testing. I don't care if like, obviously I care about COVID, but I will take the precautions necessary. I'll wear a mask, put me in a different room, but I need the proper testing. And I think that's something, especially if you're new to healthcare. So if you just got diagnosed with cancer, you just got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease or anything, and you're just entering the healthcare system, it's easy to just say, okay, my doctor said we're switching this test. I I trust them. Or um, my doctor said we're going to push colonoscopies to every 10 year except instead of every second year. Whatever it is, of course, trust your doctor. But the thing is, it, trust your gut also. This is your health and do your research. Think about it. Take time. It's okay to call back. Like for you, it's okay to call back now and say like, it's been three weeks and I'm just feeling a little uncomfortable. Can we schedule this at least so I know I have a date to look forward to? Mm-hmm. Um, I find like I have an uncle um, who's dealing with cancer and they've never ever been in the healthcare. Like, I don't even think any of their family has ever had any health issues. And it's, it's interesting to watch as someone who's, you know, been in out of thousands of doctor's appointments, the difference between someone who's kind of a veteran at it and someone who's new. Um, So I want to give our listeners the power to say that, yes, your doctor is important and listen and, you know, take everything they're saying, take notes, but your thoughts, your opinions, your gut feeling is just as important and, and voice those. And that's been like advocated uh, in many of our podcast episodes is that you are your own advocate for your health, right? And especially right now, right, with COVID-19, them saying we're going to switch this test or we're going to postpone it, you think like, okay, I get it, right? We do get it. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that your health can go to the sideline. Like for you, maybe, yes, it is okay to wait an extra month or two, but it's important to call back and say, hey, schedule me now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's the thing is like, I will be making a phone call saying like, okay, it has been like you said, a couple of weeks now. And I would just like to know that since the announcement was made that the province is, you know, going to start rolling out some of the diagnostic testing again, uh, if I can make that appointment, right, because I'm going to have to push to make sure that I have the peace of mind going forward in my health. Because guaranteed, pretty much, they're not going to call you back till the next six months. So if you were just going to say, okay, cool, then then that would end there because they're so overwhelmed and busy. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. just, it is surreal to think of a lot of those appointments, those health care appointments mm-hmm. being online nowadays for a lot of people. Like imagine being a senior citizen. It's not even like you would, you would know how to operate uh, an online doctor's appointment because a lot of these senior citizens don't have access to technology, nor do they understand it enough to, to utilize it in this way. Yeah. And I had one on, on the phone actually with my OB and her internet was cutting out. And so she couldn't look up my records and 
essentially she couldn't really give me any information. Thankfully I had had it all already. So that was good. But yeah, like it's, it's a definitely a different world and will continue to be it, it, even with the province opening up now and um, other States and things like that might be starting to open up in a little bit as well. Um, this is going to be backlogged for a long time. Like I said, my mom's surgery isn't going to happen for, I think she's just getting put on a wait list that who knows how long, right? So it can be another year or two here in Canada till, till some of those, you know, non-essential surgeries are done. Um, for people like, again, my mom who can't walk and is off work and is going to be off work for the next two years where it would have been maybe six months. Well, and how frustrating is that having, uh, someone else deem, your procedure non-essential. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the frustrating part in the healthcare system right now is where patients are feeling not heard because you have other people making decisions for you. And then the poor doctors and nurses who have to make those decisions. I know. And they're just like the 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 ones delivering Stupid the... Notes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, don't shoot the yeah. messenger kind of thing. And it's like exactly. they're doing their best. They're frustrated as well. I mean, it is so heartbreaking seeing some of the healthcare professionals that are on the front lines with COVID-19. Ugh. I mean, I, I think we all read about that doctor in New York that committed suicide a yeah. week a week ago because she was just so overwhelmed with the fact that every day of her life was so consumed by dealing with patients that was, she was seeing dying every day due to this mm. terrible situation that we're all faced with. Yeah. I can't even imagine, but we're blessed here to not have it to that extreme, like New right, York, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's crazy. What blows my mind too about pap smears. And I just want to kind of rant about this for a sec is how many women I encounter. And now I'm a bit of an advocate, obviously for, for pap smears, because that's what basically saved my life. Blows my mind how a lot of my girlfriends, when I talk about like, Hey, when was your last pap? They're like, Oh, I don't know, like five or six years ago. Like, I'm like, what? I like, What? And, like, these are women, some of them even have children, you know what I mean? And they, like, they they are not going for regular pap smears. And I'm just, I'm blown away at that. I understand it is a very uncomfortable procedure to have done. It's not something I look forward to by any means. You know what? I'd go for a pap over a colonoscopy any day. (laughs) Yeah, I've had one too, and and I'd say I'd take a pap over that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, don't even get it's me started. It's important. So if you haven't scheduled yours, put that in your calendar and get it scheduled. I know they won't let me do it and because it's I did it 2 years ago or yeah, 2 years ago. So right. normally they would do it I think at the beginning of your pregnancy and they wouldn't because it hasn't been 3 years. So I think they're going to do it after baby's born is what they said, but Right, right. Yeah. It's interesting. And same goes actually for colonoscopies. If you're over 50, right, you should be getting one. And I don't know how many people are actually advocating and doing that. Yeah, same with uh, getting, um, what is it called when you get your breast checked? It's slipping my mind right now. Mammogram. Uh, mammogram. Yes. mammogram. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but with the mammogram, I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of studies that those are more detrimental than than like the self-check because they squish your boobs and people are like having them pop. And I don't know, I don't want to spread misinformation, but that's just what I've read is that there's more studies now that mammograms aren't as beneficial. Right. But obviously the self-check is important as well. Like, you know, looking for lumps and bumps and anything that's, I mean, that can be said with any part of your body, right? Just like 
monitoring changes, your skin, mm-hmm. for God's sakes. If you notice like a different change in some of the coloring, whether you have a mole that's getting darker, like that could be a sign of melanoma, for God's sakes. Yeah, I, I have. I just had one removed this year, actually. It was apparently two different, completely different things, which never really happens, but it wasn't melanoma. So that was great. But we need to be again, advocates of our own body and keep an eye out. Like I saw this thing raising on my shoulder. I'm like, this isn't normal. And I asked the uh, dermo once and then he was like, Oh, it looks okay. And then I asked, and you know, half a year later, he's like, yeah, we should probably remove that. So, and it was, it wasn't that big, but that's again, like just those things we need to keep an eye on our bodies. Who's who else is gonna yeah, and there's like a fine line between like taking care of your health and, and being an advocate for it and then being a hypochondriac mm, because, you yeah. know, I, I definitely know far too many people that are that way because they tend to to get a little bit too into the self-diagnosis, right? They, they'll they go to their doctor's appointment and be like, okay, so according to WebMD, I have the following symptoms that could be X, Y, and Z, and I would like the following tests, like you know, let your doctor be the the one who kind of fields through what you exactly. might need done. But I mean, any concern, obviously bring that up to your healthcare professional. But yeah, and it's and they enjoy if you have a list with the four or five, six questions, instead of um, just going in there and be like, Oh, I forgot something. And what about this? And what about that? Like, go in there with a point with a goal in mind when you go into a doctor's appointment. Well, it's funny. I don't know if you've ever been into a doctor's office and I think maybe this is just for like walk-in clinics. I've noticed it's like one issue per visit. (laughs) There's always like a sign. I know it's like, okay, well, like what happens if I have like more than one issue? I never just have one issue. I would have to make multiple appointments for each issue. Like I just, I I don't know. Please schedule me for three hours. I have 13 issues. (laughs) (laughs) That doctor would look at his schedule and be like, oh my God. Uh, That's funny. But I have seen signs like that. And it's just like, I think doctors just do that because there will be somebody that comes in that, you know, comes in with a list longer than Santa Claus. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to, I thought it was important to have this conversation, Natalie, and uh, I know this is going to be a shorter episode for us, but I feel like I just wanted to get it out there uh, that I'm well aware of of people who are being pushed to the sidelines right now, and I sympathize with you guys in terms of having some of the procedures and some of the testing and some of the surgeries and all that kind of stuff uh, Mm -hmm. being moved to the side due to COVID-19, so. Yeah, and we want to give you the kind of power to be annoying and to advocate for yourself and to call and to not not let them forget about you because it's tough and and we hear you we see you we've we've had a few of those encounters ourselves so we just wanted to have a chat about it yeah absolutely i want to end the episode normally we talk about what success means to you for our guests that we have on the podcast i was going to ask you this natalie what do you find um that you're doing right now uh to be successful during covid-19 Honestly, right now is such a different time in my life because of this pregnancy that something I've been doing essentially since I found out um, in November is taking a step back and not judging myself prior to finding out that I was pregnant, especially now in COVID. I am the type of personality that's like, I need to get X, Y, Z, Z, like W, M, A, B, C done this week, and then I'll be successful. (laughs) Right. 
And then after A or B, I'm like, I'm burnt out. I got nothing done. I suck. And I still have seven other things to get finished. And so really this pregnancy has taught me and then COVID has added to it is if I get one thing done, I'm successful. And so my one thing is I'm working on painting the nursery in um, baby's room. And I just set like tiny goals. Like I'm going to finish the monkey today and I'm going to finish this today. And by doing that makes me feel successful. And when I get that done, I feel like I have a little burst of energy to get some of my other work stuff done. And so really just being easy on myself and not like, I know there's a balance. Like I could just sit on the couch all day because I'm in that much pain just like back pain and stuff like that. Not, not anything unnormal for pregnancy, or I can just set small goals and accomplish them. So that's, that's been what's working for me. That's awesome. I love that. Thanks. Uh, For me, I would say being successful right now consists of a lot of self care. I feel Mm. like uh, in order for me to feel successful, I need to take care of myself in terms of maybe it's just like a face mask one night. Maybe I'm showering just to to feel better. You know what I mean? Like little things like that. Giving yourself a pedicure since you can't go out and get one. You know what I mean? Like just treating myself and my body uh, with like respect and all that kind of stuff is just giving me that feeling of success because I... I, I struggle with that because I'm not working in in the normal routine that I would have prior to COVID-19, right? Yeah, that's really good. That's a good one. Yeah, self-care is important, I feel like. It is. It, it changes everything. It changes your mood and, and everything. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us this episode. It's been so fun. And uh, we look forward to chatting next episode. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. If you like our show and want to know more, follow us on Instagram at sickandsuccessful underscore. Join us next week for an all new episode.